Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls, to episode 80. Or anyway, that's roughly what episode number I think we're on. I know there's been a lot of them so far. I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I am on social media. I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn, and I've got a Facebook page and a personal uh, Facebook account, and I interact on there quite regularly. But out of all the ways I talk to y'all, the podcast is my favorite way. And I think that's because when I'm doing the podcast, I don't have any rules about how I need to show up. I don't have any rules about how long it has to be or the quality of each episode. I don't have any rules about how it has to be perfect or I have to be really grammatically correct and how it has to be perfect. And it's basically okay if I misspeak. I know when I've listened back to some of my episodes, I'll say completely the wrong word sometimes. It's just something that my brain does. And I never go back and get that edited out. I just leave it in because that's what I talk like. That's me. And I just want to have a bunch of rules about this podcast because it makes it fun for me to be a bit of a rule breaker and just do what feels good to me, which is right on point with what I want to talk to you about today, which is breaking some rules that might be constraining you. This topic came up for me in a conversation with a client when she asked me this week, why does everyone else think they know what's best for me? So there's a bunch of layers to that question. Most of them aren't relevant here, but it did get me thinking about how rules are just ideas about what's right for us. They're ideas that are repeated so often, they become rules. And in this sense, rules are understood principles that govern our conduct in particular spheres. So, you know how I love my dictionary, that's a dic dictionary definition. But often we kind of elevate what other people are telling us to do to the level of rules that we think we need to obey. So, understood principles that govern our conduct in a particular sphere. So today, when I'm talking about rules, I'm not talking about laws. I'm not talking about rules that are in place for our own personal safety, our health and well-being, for the well-being of our environment. In fact, I'm in favor of actually lots of controversial rules, gun controls, laws against hate speech, the requirement, requirements during COVID to mask up, take vaccines, limits on toxic environmental output emissions. There are collective rules that I very much agree with that are for our benefit, at least from the way I look at things. And it's totally okay if you disagree with 
any of the things I just mentioned, because I don't have a rule that you have to agree with me about everything. So it's totally fine if we disagree about some things. So what is the point here in this episode is to talk about the rules that come from collective ideas about how we should conduct ourselves, which are basically a bunch of other people's opinions about what we should be doing, which is fine unless we feel compelled to listen to the other people and their opinions, to take their advice, to substitute what they think versus what we think. But there are a number of reasons that we do that, really a number of circumstances that we kind of elevate other people's opinions to be rules for us. So one example I can think of is other people that are giving us these opinions that we think we have to comply with are experts in the field, in a field that we're interested in, and we're not experts, or we are experts, what we view them as more expert than us. And they do have a greater breadth of knowledge than we do. And often they speak with great authority. And also very often they have very definite ideas about what we should or shouldn't do. So there's kind of a knowledge imbalance here. And where it kind of breaks down is when we just automatically start substituting their ideas for us. So in this case, this group of experts are telling us the rules for a field that we're interested in. A second category I can think of is the whole area of the market. So recruiters and business advisors, people whose services we buy because they know the markets and they tell us how it is and they tell us the rules of the marketplace. A third category are people like me, life coaches, therapists, spiritual advisors, people, all those people we hire to help us feel better. And they tell us, this is the way it works. This is the best method. They basically tell us the rules we need to follow for our own mental health. Another set of circumstances I can think of where we tend to really take what other people say as rules that apply to our behavior is when we talk to our bosses and colleagues and they tell us the way this company works, the way things are at that company, the things we need to do to advance. And they tell us the rules of that company's culture. And we often take those to heart. Finally, our lovers, our partners, spouses, friends, and family, parents who offer strong opinions about what we should do because they know us so well, and they tell us the rules of us. So there's a whole lot of people out there throwing rules at us, often benignly, often very insistently, often with good intentions and helpful intent. And none of that's a problem at all, even if we don't like what they're telling us. It's never a problem to get more information, to become more informed, to hear other people's stories or learn from their experiences. 
The problem arises when we feel compelled to follow their advice, when their advice levels in our mind to the level of a rule. We believe that what they're telling us really are the rules, the framework we need to comply with. And we let those rules restrict the possibilities available to us, doubt our own ideas, restrict our creativity, and contain our actions. Whereas the truth is, all of those people, all of those experts, advisors, parents, and friends, they're just people with opinions, perhaps very well informed by years of study and investigation, maybe even scientific research years of experience, yet always, always expressed in the context of their particular circumstances, their lives, the way their brain works, their emotional strengths and struggles, their actions, their level of awareness. In other words, they're offering us opinions and information, not rules we have to obey. No matter how expert they are, there's a big gap in their knowledge that may make their advice irrelevant for you. They're not you. That means they don't have access to your wisdom, your aspirations, your experiences, your creativity, your emotional chemistry, your preferences and desires, your soul's calling, your motivations, what works for you and doesn't work for you, what's likely to keep you going and committed, and what's likely to defeat you and throw you off track. They're not in your shoes, and they can never know what's right for you. They can just offer you advice and opinions, but they can't give you rules. And even when they are experts, that doesn't mean that they know everything there is to know in their circle of advice. It's likely they still don't not know 90% of the relevant facts because no one can know all of it, right? Recruiters only know about the small slice of the job market they're familiar with. Same thing with market experts and business experts. Life coaches, therapists, spiritual advisors, people like me, we know a few tools and techniques. We know what's worked for us and maybe for some of our clients, and that's it. None of us know all the tools and techniques and theories and spiritual philosophies out there, all the helpful practices that have come down through the millennia. We just have our own little piece of the knowledge that's worked for us, and we offer that up. We can never know what's right for you. Your work colleagues and bosses can only share their experiences and perceptions, what they've seen, and what they think about from their own personal human perspective. They don't know what it's like to be you in that job. Your friends and family may have known you all your life, but they still don't know as much as you do about what will energize you, make you want to keep going when it's tough and what you actually really want to do. But if you treat all of this advice you get as rules that you have to follow, it's no small thing, savvy souls. You'll deny yourself the opportunity to explore what's best for you. 
you'll be too focused on canvassing opinions and deciding what to do within the parameters other people give you instead of getting out, taking action, exploring and learning and finding out what works for you and what doesn't. You'll deprive yourself of the opportunity to exercise your creative muscle and find brand new solutions. Maybe something nobody's ever thought of before. You won't develop the confidence you'd get from experimenting and learning and figuring things out yourself. You'll contain your brilliance and you'll operate within an unnecessarily limited framework. So savvy souls notice when your brain's telling you there's a right way to do things because someone else has said it's so. Question it. Don't treat other people's opinions as actual rules about how things work. Be brave, be adventurous, have fun, develop your own opinions by trial and error. Try things your way and learn. Every week, try breaking a new rule. Discover something that you've been doing where you realize you've been constraining yourself because you've been assuming something somebody has told you is a rule that applies to you and limits your choices. Challenge the idea that things have to be this way. Invent a brand new way that's your own. This is what makes life fun, my friends. So when you're listening to this episode, I hope it kind of provokes you to start thinking about, hey, what would it be like if I stopped following all of these rules that I've got in my head about what I should be doing, what I have to do? And ask yourself, where are those rules coming from? And what would my life be like if I didn't contain myself that way? I've got this image in my mind. It's been an image I've been noodling on over the last few months. And it's an image that came to me when I listened to the Pharrell Williams song, Happy, which I often listen to and dance to because I find it really fun and I find it really invigorating. And one of the reasons I find it that way is I love the image he has in that song, of a room without a roof. Of course, this song is all about being happy. And this image of being in a room without a roof, it's like kind of boxed in this room, there's this ceiling, and then suddenly there's no roof on it. It's like the lid has lifted and anything is possible. You're no longer contained. You can be larger than life. And that's what I like to imagine happening to you. And so I took that image and I translated it into how can I make this happen in reality for you all? And I developed something that I really love and I really think is highly effective and will be really useful. It's called the Magic Room Experience. And it's all about leading more expansive lives. Just backtracking. Why am I even a coach? I guess, first of all, you could ask why I'm even an artist. Well, I became an artist back when I was a lawyer. I hadn't done art for years. And I suddenly had visions of myself painting. And 
it became so compelling to me. And I thought about it so much that I really started limiting some of my own, taking off some of my own self-constraints that I had by thinking I'm not creative. I'm stuck in this job. I need to support my family, all of these things. And one by one, I dismantled the constraints and I started to paint. And what I noticed after I started painting and actually showing and selling my work publicly is my former colleagues would come to my art exhibits and they would say, oh, that's so amazing. And I wish I could paint too, or I wish, yeah, I've got this other thing I'd love to do. I wish I could do that too, but you know, I can, I'm got 15 years till I retire, or I can't for this reason or that reason. And I knew that what they were telling me wasn't true, but I had no idea how to help them. I had no idea how to translate what I had done into something that could work for them. And I also knew a lot of people didn't want to do something like what I was doing. They didn't want to leave their jobs. But what I was resonating with was the yearning to take off the constraints, to unleash themselves, to find that something more that seems more and more compelling as we get older and we kind of look at our accomplishments and we go like, I still feel empty. Is this all there is? So what I noticed is so many people, and I think so many of you all who are listening to my podcast have that yearning inside you for something more. And I think that's something more is to just to live more expansively, to follow your yearnings. And so with that room without a roof kind of idea in my head, I created this concept. I call it the magic room experience where I've kind of taken all of my knowledge that I've developed, first of all, just as a lawyer, mentoring people and leading a group and encouraging people to think farther and further about what they could become at the firm. And then my own transformation to becoming an artist and entering the creative world and then entering the coaching world. And then also building this property where I live outside in the country where I've created a beautiful studio and a workshop space. So I've studied with a lot of people. I've tested a lot of things and I've coached tons of people. And through all of that, I've created what I think is a really simple, effective, workable, fun process that I'm rolling out. It's starting in October. It's going to go for five months. I'm calling it the magic room experience. And what it's going to involve is helping you identify and release the thinking that's been keeping you stuck. It's going to teach you how to create the safety and the capacity to continue when your nervous system is fired up because you're exposing yourself to change. It's going to help you create an expanded vision of what's possible for you, not the limited vision that's created because of all the shoulds, all the rules that you think apply to you. And then we're going to take steps to actually move you forward to create your dreams, to get you living that expansive life that you've been telling yourself you can't do for far too long. If any of this piques your interest, just send me an email 
at heather at gracedcanvas.com. That's heather at G-R-A-C-E-D, is in dog, C-A-N-V-A-S.com. And just put in the subject line, I'd like more information about the Magic Room experience. And because that's what I'm calling it. And I'll send you out some information and let you know what's involved, how to apply, and we'll go from there. Okay. And in the meantime, for the rest of you, I hope you go on Spotify or iTunes or your favorite music platform and listen to Pharrell Williams' song, Happy, and imagine yourself in a room without a roof, because that's what I want for y'all. Okay. Have fun now. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.